can make a, a, a good good lucha, lucha thing. See, normally if you go one on one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. This is such good shit. It's time for the Ringsiders Podcast. Baloney fudge and mustard. My life is being ruined by the internet. Welcome to another episode of Ringsiders. It's been a couple weeks, but we are back to break down everything that's going down in professional wrestling minus TNA, because I don't think we're going to talk about TNA. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, joining me, as always, is Dante Smith. Dante, how are you doing? Great, great. Good to be back, guys. Absolutely. And, as always, Billy Snyder. Billy, all the way from the great state of Iowa, what's going on? I'm just dabbing right now. You are dabbing on them haters. For being, for, 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 for being back in the saddle. We're back. We are back. After like a week and a half. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a little bit. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we got Neil Lommel live from his van. Am I? Isn't that right, Neil? Yes, we are recording this podcast. Well, at least my part of the podcast in the back of my van. Yeah, down by the river. Uh, yeah, we're uh we're nestled right up along the Mississippi. Oh well, there you go, there you go, and you got a sweet Skid Row shirt going on. Absolutely. I like that. Rock out today. I like that a lot. So we are here to talk uh, professional wrestling, and obviously, as you saw from the description of the show, and we're going to start with talking a little bit of Raw, which went down on Monday night. We're recording this on a Thursday, so it happened a couple days ago. But um, since this is an uncensored podcast, Dominic got the shit beat out of him, did he not? Oh, no, he didn't. I think wrestling's fake. <laughs> there was a like, point where he was getting beat up so bad that I was, I literally was stopping and thinking, like, how is this legal to show on TV? You're literally <laughs> showing this guy get the shit beat out of him. It looked brutal. Yeah, it did. And, I mean, if you could show someone's, I mean, the uh, the Mysterio family is just getting destroyed with the eyes and the body, they're just really getting destroyed right now by Rollins. Really earning yeah, their stripes these days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's I think it's a finally we're seeing a real sinister turn for Seth Rollins with uh, you know with the eye and now you know he he acted like at the end of Extreme Rules that like oh my god I can't believe I went that far but no he's he's always going to be that sinister as this Monday Night Messiah character and I think that it, it's a cool turn and it's a it's a cool kind of plot thickener, if you will, like throwing some flour on a sauce. Um, but oh, oh, but I'm excited to see what Dominic can do in Summer's Plank. And our group chat is the Dominic Fan Club. For <laughs> yes, yes, it is right now. Uh, so let, let's talk about that. I mean, we're going to do our predictions next week. But uh, are, are we expecting big things from Dominic? Let's start with you, Dante. What are you expecting from Dominic at SummerSlam? Well, you know, he's been training for years with his, with his father. He's shown up a couple times and kind of shown a little bit of what he can do. He's had some run-ins with Brock Lesnar, some runs with Seth, where he's looked good. I, I think he has more to offer than what we think. I think with it being um, a no DQ and rule and uh, weapons allowed, gives him kind of an out to make this a bit more special without having to do as much. 
But mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a good match. Seth always delivers, and I think Dominic this year has enough in the tank to, to kind of show some cool things. Yeah, he's definitely in a good spot. Billy, what do you think? I mean, I'm not expecting, like, a 30-minute Puro spectacle where we just see a whole lot of technical wrestling and stuff like that. But I think that with the amount of training that Dominic has done and with the current story they've built with Seth, um, I think that you're going to see some really cool things out of Dominic. You're going to really get to see him shine a little bit of help with the toys and, you know, the uh, the um, you, know, you know the people coming out, like, if Murphy's going to be there, things like that. So. I don't know. I'm, I, I have I have zero expectation, and I'm excited to see what he can do. I think that he'll do reasonably well, because I, 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 I mean honestly, I mean it's it, it's it's right there in front of him. He's just got to go grab it. I mean he's got the name recognition. Mm-hmm. He's got you know he's got the recognition for being on TV. So I don't know. I'm excited. Neil, like anything to add? Seth Rollins is the greatest wrestler of his generation. And if Dominic thinks that he can go into SummerSlam and has any chance against Seth Rollins, he is sadly mistaken. His career is going to be over before it even gets started. But <laughs> wow. I'm very, very excited to see the uh, kendo stick make a return for this match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, Roll- Rollins definitely has to has to take some punishment after what he dished out to Mysterio, particularly since and he's a heel. I do think I do think they had to make it uh extreme rules match because I don't think Dominic is ready for the spot. He well, I, I can't say cuz we haven't seen him in a match yet, but he just doesn't seem like he's ready for the spotlight, but I mean just give him a kendo stick and let him have at it. Yeah. Have fun. No, he can do the 619. Yes. Yep, yep, that's that's true. And a no DQ match is a really good way to, you know, hide if someone maybe isn't like the greatest technical wrestler in history. I mean, that's how, you know, a lot of people who, you, you know, you, you look at guys who are a little bit more on the extreme side, um, that, you know, that, that weren't the technical masters, but they had something to provide the story. And I think that this provides Dominic a good jumping, jumping point to really just get, really just dive straight in. Yeah. I, I, that helped create legends like New Jack. We don't say that name in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Something else I wanted to bring up from Raw, and I I love this. I mean, he's a former University of Minnesota wrestler. And no, I'm not talking about Brock Lesnar, but Shelton Benjamin got a win this week. Yes, 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 and yes. More Shelton Benjamin on my television screen, please. And he, he beat the... Uh, he beat the, uh, I mean, it was because of a distraction, but he beat the U.S. champion, Cruz. I mean. That's a dub. That's a dub. That's a dub. For my good friend, Shelton Benjamin, who I totally know. So I don't know if we've talked about this yet. Him. What do you guys think of the new U.S. title? The the shape of the of the belt. It's pretty cool. I like it. I think I'm going to miss the old United States championship belt. I think it'll take it'll take a little bit for this one to grow on me. Yeah, I like but the I like the old one too. It's the new United States is better than the new Intercontinental. I will say that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm just surprised it took it from this song, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dante, any thoughts on the new belt? A uh, big fan. I mean, I, I like the shape. It looks new. I, I, it works for me. It works for me. Okay. Yeah, I like the old one. I don't know if they needed a new one, but definitely 
pretty – it looks it looks all right. It looks all right is what I'll say. Uh, the main event this week on Raw, Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens. You know me. I'm always down for a Kevin Owens match. And some real drama after the match as um, uh, Ric Flair comes out – or he was out there and basically – Orton hits him with the low blow and basically tears him to shreds with his words. And, yeah, he just looks like the complete a-hole that he is. I thought that was awesome. Rick, yeah. The Ric Flair's promo, I was like, oh, I feel so sorry for Ric Flair. He's just like, man, I just want to have fun with you, Randy. <laughs> and Randy just, it, like you said, big, big old dick. Yep. <laughs> and at first, at first I was really confused because I'm like, it doesn't really benefit Randy to just, you know, beat the crap out of an old man. But honestly, it really brings the heat for when he finally has that match at SummerSlam. I mean, that shows that he, he does have that vicious side. And, you know, we saw it against Edge, you know. And we're really seeing an edge to Randy Orton that we haven't seen in a long time where it's not just like, oh, he just shows up and he's got name recognition so he can just – Slick his way through matches or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a new edge. It's so it's refreshing to me. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's really refreshing to finally let him fly. I mean, and he's living up to his name, the Legend Killer. I mean, he's killing legends and low blowing legends and punting legends. Le- murdered a man. Yeah, Rick killed a guy. Orton killed a guy. Yeah. Uh, Dante, any yeah. thoughts on uh, what the work that uh, Orton's doing right now? Yeah, I'll say Randy Orton this year, to me, is the MVP not just of WWE, but I'd say all of wrestling. I don't think there's anyone who's more committed to being a true heel and not even being a snark heel that says funny stuff that people like, a true dastardly villain who people absolutely hate. I don't think there's anyone who's better than Orton right now, and it shows. When he's motivated, there's no one that can touch him, I believe. Even MJF? I'd say more than MJF. MJF, to me, is the snarky guy that 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 gets people to like him based on the things that he says. He says things that are outlandish in a way that are entertaining and sarcastic. There's nothing redeeming about Randy Orton. Yeah, you don't you don't think Randy Orton's segments are funny. You just he's a complete dick. MJF is entertaining. Randy's promos are very entertaining, but his are just serious, and he's just, I mean, yeah. Can't say dark. Big dick. I'm sorry, but still my, my favorite Randy Orton moment is stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> that That's my favorite Randy Orton moment. But that and when he hit the RKO on Seth, the pop-up RKO, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That was dope. Yeah, for sure. Any Anything more on Rod? Do we want to talk women's division or should we move on? Uh, I, I do want to say one thing. Yeah, go ahead. One thing. And that is uh, I think we have to, and that's Oscar and Bailey had an incredible match on Monday night. And it just shows, yep. to me, Bailey and Sasha being able to carry the women's division on what's well, been all three shows at times. And they've really been able to pick up all of the slack when Charlotte's been gone, since Becky's been gone, with other injuries mounting. And it's been a blessing that Bailey's really kind of picked it up, and Sasha herself, too. Nobody wants to say anything about Raw Underground. No, we Come can on, we, guys. we can talk about. It. I mean, that is a new thing <laughs> since we've done a since we've done a uh, since we've done a podcast. Um, what are you guys' thoughts I on Raw? To talk about Fight Club. Oh shit, you're right. That's true. That's the first rule of Fight Club. Um, yeah, are they? Damn it! What do you What do you think? The I think it fucking 
sucks. Really? It's so bad. <laughs> they Well, first of all, the first time they did it, they said, all right, it starts at 10 o'clock Eastern, and then it actually started at, like, 9.55 Eastern, and the first segment was done even before 10 o'clock. And then they, they, I don't know, they just hyped it up like it was just going to be some cool thing that went on for, like, the whole third hour, and it's just Shane McMahon dancing around, and uh, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even get the matches, like... What is the referee doing? It seems like Shane's the guy who's I don't even I don't even know what Raw Underground is, and I don't even think they know what it is either. How about how about the fact that on the Underground Fight Club, the fans are still being responsible and wearing masks? Yeah, and on an Underground Fight Club, they got an exorbitant amount of camera angles that they just keep cutting even more somehow than a regular wrestling match, if that's even possible. Dante, it's Billy, just, got got anything on Fight Club? Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I think a lot of the times when they show the segments, it kind of just starts, and there's no, like, official announcements of anything. There's no real clear why or what they're fighting for or what you win or what the purpose is. It's just you're fighting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think it's getting anybody over. I, I think it's a cool idea to kind of mix it up because, I mean, you got to do something with three hours. But, yeah, I don't. I, I don't really see the appeal of it so far. Billy, what happened to that Rod Dark that they were supposed to do? That was like a year ago. They they said like the third hour is going to be all edgy, and then that lasted like two weeks. This is another thing that's just going to last like a few weeks, and we're never going to hear about it again. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Billy, you got any well, thoughts on uh, Raw Underground? I'm going to – I'll get to a lot of um, the main point to my little rank here at the, during the, the last shot. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I, I think that we really got to let this one breathe. Um, that, you know, give it some time. They're just kind of establishing what it is. And if you saw this week, I thought did a really better, really better job of like understanding what Shane McMahon's trying to do. Um, because you have Shayna Baszler who came in and just lumped on people. You got Baba Tunde who is under a new name that I can't remember. He came in and lumped on people. So it's got potential. Um, if they know, if they figure out what to do with it, I think right now they're just kind of doing establishing like that this is a thing. And then once we get a couple weeks of weird squashes, we'll get some wild and crazy stuff that they could, you know, maybe they can get a little bit more edgy. You know, at least they're trying something different. And even if it doesn't work, you know, they, they tried. Um, so that's only the positive for me. And the only negative is, why are there no ropes on on the ring? Like, you can't afford like elevator cables or like <laughs> bungee cords or like. Why are there no ropes? That's not greedy enough. I actually, that's the only redeeming quality of Raw Underground. I think is like there's no like, it's like this is not a it's not a wrestling match. These guys are just beating the crap out of each other. I don't know. I think it, I think it looks cool, but I don't know. I think it's. So I, I have two more things about about underground that I kind of wonder: is is the main purpose? Is there going to be a championship for it, or is that what we're looking for? Is this like a UFC championship for their divisions? Also, is it a possibility that this is all the setup for retribution? Is this what retribution is? Possibly, like your shooters. Yeah, it's definitely possible that that's what retribution is. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see on Raw Underground, kind of see where that goes and if it picks up. You guys ready to talk a little SmackDown? 
the yeah. re- the wrestling show, as it has been called yeah. in the past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had Matt Riddle versus Sheamus, um, and the Celtic Warrior uh, took the L to Matt Riddle, which is a good thing. And then he uh, broke kicked Shorty G, which I like Shorty G. I don't know. I don't know about you, but what you guys thoughts on Shorty G? I like Chad Gable. <laughs> yeah. I also like Chad Gable. I I, I understood the point of I, I understood the point of Shorty G, which is like you know embrace who you are and be the best you can possibly be with the circumstances you're given. I get it. I'm short, okay. I I, I get it. I'm a solid. I'm a fi, I'm a five eight on a good day. And but oh, can, can can you just be Chad Gable again, please? Like pretty please. I miss him. He's so cool. Like, my, my issue with it is they're treating him like he's Spike Dudley, but at the same time, this is a guy who was in a former a former Olympian. Yeah. Olympian! Like, he's not just some little guy that's, that's he's here to fight. Like, he's a true badass. Yeah. And he needs to be treated as such. Yeah, he needs to be respected. Matt Riddle, uh, I've seen spoilers that he might be fighting, or not spoilers, but predictions that he might be fighting King Corbin at SummerSlam. As much as I can't stand King Corbin, I don't know. He doesn't do anything for me. I'd like to see Matt, Matt Riddle have a match at SummerSlam. Uh, there was a Miz TV segment, Cesaro versus Lince Dorado, uh, The Fiend getting ready for his match. And then my question I want to ask, do you guys think that um, the heavy machinery guy, what's his name? I can't. Oh, uh, Otis. Otis. Man Otis. Do you think he's going to cash in, cash in at SummerSlam? So I have I have a weird feeling because the tagline for SummerSlam has become "You'll never see it coming," mm-hmm. and I don't know why you would have that tagline unless you intend to do something odd. I could see somehow with the Fiend and and, Bra- and um, Braun Strowman having some sort of slugout brawl. I could see Otis involving himself. I'm not saying he's leaving Sunday, uh, the 23rd, as the Universal Champion, but I'm saying. I'd never see it coming. Billy, what do you think? See, what we really never see coming is that the Fiend gets defeated and then, like, disappears backstage while Braun Strowman's celebrating, and then he just pulls a lever and outpowers about 15 tons of ham, right? And Braun Strowman gets knocked out by a ham bone, and then Otis cashes in. And that, <laughs> my friends, is what you'll never see coming. Oh, um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, brother. Um, but um, I, I don't think they'll have them cash in. Um, it, it, it is possible with the tagline, but I think they'll they'll kind of let it simmer until um, either Braun gets a believable title run or, you know, something happens in Raw where they can kind of slot Otis in there. So I'm not quite sure. Neil, what do you think? Uh, I'm curious to find out what the you'll never see coming is. I thought that maybe it was had something to do, we were kind of talking before the podcast about how SummerSlam is going to be or might be in the Magic Arena, so I thought maybe it had something to do with that. But the cash-in thing, I do like that idea. I don't, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out, um, but I keep forgetting that Otis has the briefcase. Right? Are him and, are him and uh, Mandy still dating? They are. Oh, yes. Match made in heaven. Which, uh, which leads me to another question. Let's just say Otis does cash in, and let's just say he does win the Universal Champion. Are you happy? No. 
I'm not. Because okay. I don't think and he can. I don't think he's that great a wrestler. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, why not? I mean, you give him a shot. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I just really hope he doesn't get like the Jinder Mahal treatment whenever he does become champion because Jinder Mahal is dead in the water because they're like, no, we don't like him. He has, he talked out to people before. Like, just I don't know. I, I'm willing to entertain the idea, but I don't know if over Braun Strowman or or the fiend is wrecked call here. Yeah. Neil, what do you think? Would you be happy if if uh, Otis takes home the br- the or becomes champion? No, I would not be happy if Otis won because I don't give a shit about Otis right now. Like he was kind of over when he won the Money in the Bank, and now I feel like he was off TV for a few weeks, and now I just really don't give a shit about Otis. I think maybe if they can start doing some fans like within the next cuz he just won it so they could milk it for a while the fact that he's Mr. Money in the Bank yeah i could really see it going either way and uh, one last thing we want to talk about smackdown billy you want to talk about the new day what's going on with that so um booker t has said that in order for them to prosper they have to like break up and like big e has to go in the single gender or something like that but i have heard Time and time again, that the New Day need to break up, and that is incorrect. I We have seen it time and time again. We've seen the story so many times. A big stable is really successful, then someone goes on a big singles run, and because of that, there's tension and they break up. The New Day are a team that resonates really well with kids. And I think that this is a great time for the WWE to finally tell a story that true friends persevere through anything. And I think that this is one of those times. So, yeah, you can have them get a little tension. Maybe you can have them maybe get angry at each other every now and again. But I really think this is a time where they can show a baby face stable that stays together and supports each other through success. I don't see the point in breaking up the New Day when they are so much stronger. While all three of them are great individually, they're so much stronger as a unit. And they don't need to be healed either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no. I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, one thing I even want to add to what Billy said. I mean, I, I don't understand why people still believe that about the New Day, especially after Kofi had his WWE championship run. I mean, I think that throws this whole argument out the window. But I, I understand with Biggie why people think he does need to get away. I mean, he has so much potential and he looks like a monster heel. But I agree with Billy, though. I mean, this would be the ultimate story of friendship and one that I think hasn't been told before and would be a really special one. Even if they all did come back and become best friends and turn heel, I think that would be just as an amazing story for the New Day in particular. Well, my thing is, okay, you can – no, you can't split them up, especially because, you know, wrestling these days is – following wrestlers on social media is just as big a part as watching it, honestly, for me. And there's no way that I would ever buy the New Day breaking up because I'll you know that they're great friends and like it's I feel like there's no money in them breaking up. I don't even know why people think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't I don't think there's too much money in them breaking up either. Like you said, Billy, they're really good with kids and yeah, they're they're just a great stable. And when Xavier Woods come back, they'll be even better. They'll have that guy at ringside that can really draw some heat. So, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of the New Day going. And they put on great matches, too. Let's not forget that. They're they're not just like a gimmick 
thing. They they put on great, consistently great matches, and yeah, they're just you, we, we're in good hands with the new day. But with that said, I think we should move on to NXT. We're getting closer and closer to Takeover Thirty. Can you believe that there's been thirty Takeover, twenty nine Takeovers already? I can't believe that. That's crazy. I do like how the Takeovers all have like cool names and stuff. I like the Takeover series. That's yeah. the only good thing WWE seems like they've done in the last few years. What takeover? It's crazy too. Yeah, thirty takeovers, and can you think of a bad one? No, maybe maybe one of the early ones wasn't like fantastic, but still still good. Banger after banger after banger. They went on a run like, oh man, I with with all the Gargano Champa matches, man, they've takeovers been on. A solid run for a long time. <laughs> so obviously, I'm will be very excited for Takeover 30. Yeah, and we know who one of the contestants in the ladder match will be. It will be Corey. Gra- Is that his name, Corey Grimes? Corey Graves. No, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's who I meant. And uh, <laughs> I, would, I would pop for a Corey Graves ladder match. But yeah, he won the triple threat featuring. Kushida, and the mystery opponent, who apparently uh, isn't in trouble anymore for texting minors. Uh, uh, Velveteen Dream is back. Is it is it too early for them to bring Velveteen back, and were you kind of confused with that decision? Uh, WWE is in a weird spot right now because there's no fans, so I feel like they can, they're going to get away with bringing him back and like nobody's gonna really raise a fuss i don't know it's a weird situation but i would love to see velveteen dream get roasted if there were crowds right now yeah and i just wanted to add on to what neil said i mean it's exactly that because there's no fans i think wrestling the industry as a whole is in a weird spot i mean you look at at sammy and AEW after what he said about sasha banks they sent him away for was it three weeks and then he comes back and gets involved in a major storyline with Matt Hardy as as a reward, basically. So, I mean, it, it's conflicting on how you should feel. I I don't necessarily feel comfortable with it, if I'm being completely honest. But, um, you know, it's just the way it is sometimes in wrestling, which is bad. I, uh, man, this is just so... Mm, I, don't, I don't like it, and it's just... You know, I I, re- I was a guy who was a really big fan of Dream, but after this, I I am not anymore. I mean, there's just so much baggage here that <sighs> I don't think it's really worth the risk of unpacking. Um, honestly, unless there's something that really clears him up, or you know, it, unless there was, which I don't think there was. I mean, there really isn't there unless he clears his name. There's no good time for Belmontine Dream to come back, mm-hmm. and I understand, you know. There's not, you know, these are allegations are just not allegations, but it's important to take these things seriously because, you know, a lot of times in sexual assault situations or, you know, or in situations like this, the victims just not believe, right? Because, oh, you're just ragging on a famous person, this and that. So it's important to believe the victim as well and believe people who are going through things like this. And I think unless we can really get concrete proof that Velveteen Dream didn't do what he did, it's just not something I want to see on my TV screen. Yeah. I, I do have a question for the group, actually. About yeah, go ahead. Do you think they bring Velveteen Dream back if they aren't in the ratings or the AEW right now? 
I, I would I'm say not. probably not because because um, there's nothing on the line if you're just basically on um, WWE Network TV and you're not on USA and you don't have to please sponsors or anything. Yeah, I don't think they bring them back. I think that's a good point. I think either way, though, they uh, it's so fucked up, but they keep him around because he is such an incredible talent in the ring. Like, he's... He really is the athlete separated from the person, which I am not condoning anything that he did. But I think a part of the reason that he's getting to stick around is because of how good he is at wrestling. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's really no fans or butts about it. I mean, if he was, like, just some, you know, random Jay Brown in the performance center, they would have let him go. And it kind of speaks to, you know, what star power could do and – that the places that companies like this are in when they have someone that's a big star to have something like this. Like, oh, we really want to bring them back. Is this long enough? Is this long enough? To me, like I said before, it's just not something I want to entertain. It's not something I want to watch. It's not something I want to, it's not something I want to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just not something that I want to see in my screen. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And, and it's sad because I, I've been a Velveteen Dream fan for years. I mean, I, I started following him when he was, I forget his, what his name was, but when he was on... Uh, Patrick Clark. Yeah, Patrick Clark on Tough Enough. He was awesome. But then they they did an episode where they had to swim and get these title belts, which has nothing to do with wrestling, and they they had him go after the belt, and he dropped the belt into the water. You know why? Because he couldn't swim, and then they kicked him off the show because of that. Uh, swimming does have to do with wrestling. Didn't you see the stadium stampede match, Gabe? That... <laughs> That's true, but did we not talk about the piranha tank death match last night? Oh time? yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's but there wasn't a lot of swimming involved in that. You just it wasn't that yeah. deep a tank. But uh, don't you remember Might the be. Thanksgiving gravy bowl match? Hey, he shouldn't feel bad. Velveteen Dream shouldn't be, feel bad if he can't swim. MJF can't swim either. Well, I mean, but to be kicked off of a wrestling show because yeah. you couldn't swim, you dropped the title. You I, dropped the belt. You're you're out of here. I mean, we, me and me and Dante were talking about this earlier today. Literally in that episode of Tough Enough, um, the judges, two of them are like Hulk Hogan's going like, "Oh, you got to take care of the the belt, the, the belt brother." And then Miz just goes like, "Well, the guy couldn't swim." So, I mean, come on. Anyway, so I'm giving Hulk Velvet, Hogan though. No, no. Yeah, that's true. But Paige was on board with him too. Um, uh, yeah, before or after the, you're still talking about the tough enough, right? I'm now. still talking. I'm t- I'm in 2015 right now, brother. Okay, good. Yeah, brother, and, brother. Anyway, so Cameron, right now. Yeah, uh, Cameron Grimes moves into the NXT ladder match, and good for him. Good for him. And Kushida looked great in this match as well. It was a pretty good match. Uh, Dante. Do what do you do? You, do you like Cameron Grimes' chances uh, for the United States or the uh, North American Championship? So uh, to me, I, I do. I, I like as a whole what they're doing with that ladder match. It's a lot of young guys that are not used as much. They're really trying to push to the upper part of the card. I think this is a good opportunity to really showcase a bunch of new guys at one time, and that's something that NXT does so well. So I, I'm excited for it. I like Cameron Grimes as a heel. He's a great test heel. Uh, who can also really go in the ring. So I, I would love to see him be the North American champion and kind of go week to week being that fighting champion, running away from all opponents. I think that's something that would be cool to see in NXT. Mm-hmm. Billy, your thoughts on Cameron Grimes? 
Uh, I don't want him to become North American champion only, only because I just, I really like Kushida, like a lot, a lot. Um, I think he's just a super cool guy, but yeah, I mean, if, if they feel Cameron Grimes is the correct person to go with, I'm not going to cry about it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just really like Kushida, guys. I just really like Kushida. No, I like Kushida too. I like Kushida. And Neil, your thoughts on Grimes? Uh, he, Cameron Grimes, I have not seen a lot of his matches, but he rubs me the wrong way, kind of in a similar way that Sami Zayn does, if I'm being honest. Oh, enough of this bullshit. For real? Grimes oh my looks God. like he smells like, I don't even know, he looks like he works at a carnival, obviously. Clearly. He's grimy. It's what he He's is. Guy. <laughs> I don't you get him. like wrestlers that pay like 250 pounds plus. Like, are you cornetting right now? <laughs> no, I don't get it. I don't take. I can't take these guys seriously when they come out to the ring wearing a top hat and acting like a carnival guy. I don't get it. I'm rolling my eyes. great past heel. I yeah, I guess. But I didn't even know he was a heel. I just thought he was. I guess I I need to watch more of his matches. <laughs> but first impressions matter, and this guy he can go fuck off. <laughs> All right, Neil has spoken, but uh, w- let's move forward from this and talk about what happened at the beginning of Raw. You had Karrion Cross versus Danny Burch. Karrion Cross gets the win, obviously. I mean, he's going to be fighting for a championship. you got to make him look strong. Then uh, Keith Lee comes out with a contract, talks a little bit. Um, the uh, Who's Karrion, Karrion Cross is like his woman or whatever? Scarlet. Scarlet. Scarlet goes, signs the contract. And uh, a fireball blows up in uh, Keith Lee's face. And they spend a whole heck of a lot of a time, even some of the next match, basically watching Keith Lee as he um, prepares or as he recovers from the as he recovers from the fireball that just went into his face. And I'm starting to like Karrion Cross a lot. What do you guys think? Uh, the, the fireball thing for me was a cool concept in theory that just didn't pan out like great for me in practice. But I, it's something. It's I, I, I've said this a lot today on the on the on the pod here, but it's something. It's something cool, you know. It's something we haven't seen in a long time, and I'm excited to. Yeah, all, all that aside, that segment aside, I'm excited to see what they can do in the ring, and I'm I, I think they're telling a pretty good story. My only issue with that match is I wonder if it's too soon. Because it's a match with two stars that are still stars in the making. And it's a match that I don't I don't think either can really afford to lose. And so I just wish they would have had Keith Lee maybe build up some wins. Maybe do an Adam Cole rematch. That's a match that you know is going to sell. And it does build Keith Lee more credibility. I, 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 don't, I don't see many ways how Karen Cross can, can have that takeover match and not leave as the champion. And that's something I'm not sure if it's too soon for Keith Lee to lose or if it's right that he loses. I don't think I want to see him chase Karrion Cross. I want to see him have a bit of a reign. He built up his uh, his reputation and his wins so much the last year. It's just it's odd to, to just give it away so quickly. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless, and I'm just spitballing here, if Keith Lee does lose a takeover, and then at SummerSlam, the like for some reason, you know, the fiend can't go or something like that, or you know, Drew McIntyre or or Randy Orton like win, and then they got another match coming up. Maybe it's an opportunity for Keith Lee to move on to the main roster. You, know, you never know. True. 
Um, that's, that's something that you could do. Or you could have Keith Lee just um, bait Otis with, like, a ham or something. And because he's a smart guy, let's be honest, Keith Lee, very smart guy. Um, and then take his money in the bank, briefcase, cash in, and win. Who knows? Yeah, and keep in mind, too, AJ Styles doesn't have a match announced for the Intercontinental Championship. I know at one point they talked about wanting to do an open challenge. A mystery opponent having it be Keith Lee would be a big, big-time moment for him. That would be a oh, great yes. match. I didn't even know. 100%. I that would be so good. Yeah, that that would be a great match. Uh, so, Keith Lee, we hope that you're okay. He was taken to a local medical facility. <laughs> Where he was walking around outside, it was kind of weird, the the picture that they showed. It was him at a medical facility, but he was just walking around outside nursing his injuries. And uh, the last thing we'll talk about NXT, unless you guys got something else, uh, we got the Adam Cole taking on a former punter. And uh, Pat McAfee, he put out a video. I know, Dante, you show me this. It looks like Pat McAfee can go. Uh, the funny thing about Pat McAfee that I love, is he does have such a natural charisma to do this. And he's always been a long-time wrestling fan. He's never been shy about it. The funny thing about he, him, he does have a wrestling ring in his office. He's had it for years. <laughs> and he's just had it. So I, who knows if he's been training. I know he's been pushing to try to get something done in WWE. He's been pushing Triple H for years for a match. So I don't think this is something out of the blue. He just thought, maybe I can do this. Man, this is a match that's really going to piss off the British fans because uh, they have no clue who Pat McAfee is, and that's really yeah. sad, considering the fact that he has such – oh, my God, he's so charismatic, and he's still a prime athlete. You know, he left he left the Colts out of out of, out of out of disgust with management. Like, he didn't retire in the NFL because he couldn't go. Because he can go, right? He's been to Super Bowls, right? Uh-huh. Like, he, he was good at what he did. He was really good at what he did. And I think that with this natural charisma and the natural heat – they that him and Adam Cole have, and the fact that Adam Cole is just so good at what he does, they are going to shock the world and have a great, great match. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think it's going to be good too, or good to great as well. I mean, Adam Cole. Uh, my question is, do you think that Pat McAfee can take a Panama Sunrise? Yes. You do. Okay. I do. You do. Uh, yes. Uh, Neil, your thoughts on what McAfee? Uh, honestly, I'm probably most excited to see this match because I love watching, you know, I love watching my Pat McAfee clips on YouTube and kind of want to see what he does in the wrestling ring. I think Adam Cole's a good opponent for him. I'll tell you one thing. It'll it'll be a better celebrity match than the Carl Malone versus Dennis Rodman uh, fight at uh, on, on WCW. Hey, that's a good match. I've watched that a few times. Oh, that's it was a bad match. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. But, uh, yeah, so that was uh, NXT. Anything else on NXT, or should we move on to AEW? AEW. AEW. Okay, we will move on to AEW. And uh, the big news this week is, first of all, you had a TNT uh, championship match, or a TNT, yeah, TNT championship match between Cody and Scorpio Sky, which was really good. We'll talk about that in a second, but... Orange Cassidy got a huge win over Chris Jericho. And uh, I know we talked kind of last week about um, how much we love Orange Cassidy and the kind of whatever attitude that he has. But to give him a win over Jericho, that's a pretty big win, isn't it, Neil? Big win for Orange Cassidy. I am starting to get a little bit sick of this Chris Jericho guy. His 
jacket somehow gets oranger and oranger every single week. And I'm glad that Orange Cassidy does not need to pay the $7,000. Because guess what, Chris Jericho? You got fooled by Orange Cassidy. And you think you think he's a fool, but Orange Cassidy's not. He's a very intelligent man. And finally, in front of a national audience, Orange Cassidy is starting to show us the kind of guy he really is. Man, what a great feud. What a great feud. I mean, honestly, what a, what an incredible feud this has been so far. And I'm so glad that Orange got a Orange got a big win and uh Mike Tiota um <laughs> there to count the, the three count or, or four count depending on who you ask. And uh, also outsmarting Chris Jericho to take the bat. That was a really nuanced thing that I think was super cool. And it just proves that not only is Orange Cassidy the man, but Chris Jericho is one of the best of all time. Yep. That's great. I love this feud. I love this match. I love them. He's one of the few older people, I guess, other than PCO and uh, Ring of Honor. He's one of the older, oldest people I've seen that can still hit a hit like a hit the lion tamer or the springboard moonsault kind of thing. His matches, what they lack in, you know, like great wrestling, completely make up for in the stories he tells and all the little. Little antics that go on in all his matches that just make it so damn fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dante, your thoughts on Orange Cassidy? Uh, you know, I go back and forth on Orange Cassidy. Um, his attitude and his, his character are, are quirky, but as it's gone on, and this feud especially, I'm starting to become an Orange Cassidy fan. I'm starting to solidify that. I, I think there's something there. I don't know if he should ever be world champion, but I'd love to see him get in the ring with Cody now for that TNT championship. And that's something I wouldn't have said probably a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, a big win for uh, Orange Cassidy and, of course, Jericho. He's going to be fine, obviously. But uh, looking forward to next week, well, we had a this week we had a TNT championship between Scorpio Sky and and Cody, well, I guess Cody, the American Nightmare, Rhodes. And uh, this was a pretty good match. Obviously, Rhodes comes out with the victory, but he's going to face Brody Lee next week. I guess it's on Saturday, but expectations for that match. Let's start with you, Billy. It's going to be great. We're going to have another heater, and I think that with uh, the Dark Order getting involved, I don't even still, I don't think Brody will pull out with a win, or he might get disqualified and they might start some long-term storytelling for this one. And if they were going to pull the trigger on some long-term long-term stuff, they should either do it here or at some point with Sean Spears and run that match back, because I don't think I don't think Cody should have beaten Sean Spears in their first match. Hmm, interesting take there. Interesting take. Uh, Dante? Uh, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a great match. I, something about Brody Lee and the Dark Order still just isn't clicking with me. Mm-hmm. It's a neat idea, but something about it just isn't clicking. Maybe it's just they don't have quality wins. I can't think of a signature win for Dark Order that made me think, oh, they're serious. Because they've lost to the Young Bucks. They've lost to Cody. they lost to Moxley. So it's, it's like, what's their calling card? What did they do that would make me believe that they're a credible threat to anybody right now? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, uh, Neil, what, what are you thinking of uh, the Dark Order and Brody Lee? I'm starting to like those guys. I kind of like the idea of some kind of a cult, you know, running around thinking that they own the place, but obviously so thus far they have not 
really presented themselves as a real threat. But as they keep getting more and more people to join the Dark Order, it really has started to make it hard for uh, other people to fend them off. I'm just looking forward to this uh, TNT title match. I think we're going to get some fun uh, ringside interaction between the Nightmare family and the Dark Order. And I would love to see Arn Anderson, if he can still do it, give the old spine buster to somebody on the Dark Order mm-hmm. when all hell breaks loose. You already know he can do it. There's no question. Oh, I've, se- I've, se- I've seen him a few times in the last couple of years. Yeah, he can still do it. Yeah. Hey, he was pretty fired up this week, too. He was going to kick Tully Blanchard's ass and the Rock and Roll Express's ass, too. Yeah. Well, Arn's ready, okay, ready I, for I, some action. I have an issue with that segment because a lot of it seemed, I, I'm sorry to say this, but it seemed like a big old wank session for the first, like, six or seven minutes of that promo where they're all just going around, well, you're great. No, you're great. No, you're great. And I know that it that it eventually built to something, but to me it just seemed a little long and a, a little like, okay, you're giving too much credit to all of these people. I know that Tully came in and was like, yeah, well, you guys don't have the belt, so you ain't shit, but still, I I don't know. I, I didn't like it. But what I really want to talk about here is AEW next week is going to try to go head-to-head with the WWE NXT pay-per-view, because it's on Saturday at around the same time as the WWE pay-per-view. And do you think this is a smart idea, or is this just dumb? It would be interesting. I would be interested to see what the numbers look like. I feel like, I don't know, because me as a fan, I I automatically, I I always watch AEW first just because I've been watching WWE for the rest of the week, but that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I just, who's going to skip a pay-per-view to watch a weekly show? Dante, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I agree with your point, Gabe. It's it's a hard sell to want to do that. And I think also I don't think anyone can ever accuse or try to badmouth WWE about counter-programming ever again. But right. I, I, I wonder, though, because it's not just TakeOver that AEW's competing against. It's a Saturday. And that brings a whole different audience at a whole, I mean, there's so many different things going on on a Saturday that doesn't bring the same audience that you would have on a weeknight. Yeah, that's true. So I wonder if it's going to get the same audience. I hope they're not discouraged if the numbers are low. But I guess we kind of have to wait and see. My my question is, would they be doing this if it wasn't for the NBA? No, I was under the impression that that's the reason they, they got kind of got bumped on Wednesday because of NBA. So they had to move it to Saturday. It's just interesting that it's during the WWE, and this isn't like some like this isn't like Taboo Tuesday or something for the WWE. This is Takeover Thirty. Takeover like, Thirty. This is a big pay per view, and yet they're trying to go head to head with it. Uh, Billy, what do you, what do you think about this move by AEW? Do you think it's going to work out in the end or not? Do they have a choice, really? I mean. Let's be honest. I mean, with, with the NBA playoffs going on, what, what choice do they have? I mean, I mean well give it a shot. I, and, and keep in mind, too, there's a playoff game that Saturday, too, around right before AEW is set to start. If that game goes into overtime or it goes late, I mean, what are we looking at here? Yeah. How does that change? Well, I mean, I would assume in progress, maybe they'd start live on YouTube because obviously they have, you know, the ability to do that. Um, 
But I uh, honestly, I mean, this, they're, they're just making best with the circumstances they have. And I think, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, maybe some of those people who, because, you know, we've seen it with WWE uh, doing their crossovers with places like ESPN and Sports Illustrated because it's been shown that, you know, a lot of times people who like pro wrestling like sports and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's something new to try. And, you know, if it, if it falls flat, then they just never do it again. Might as well try it now while you got the audience. Well, yeah, one one quick sidebar. I want to give Dante 30 seconds. Why will the Memphis Grizzlies, first of all, win the play-in game and then go on to beat the Lakers in the first round? Uh, I don't need 30 seconds. I can give you 10. We won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a no on both. No on both, not even the play-in all game. All the to Dame. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get smacked around by Dame Lillard, and or if we do beat Dame Lillard, we'll lose LeBron in five games. It's 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 decided. Okay, well, no vote of confidence. You had a good year. You had a good year, good year of John Morant, good year with Justin Jackson Jr. Let's not talk about my future heartbreak. <laughs> That's true. All right, so uh, we just have anything else on AEW, guys, or should we move forward to the question kind of the podcast? All right, real quick, what do you guys like better, the new TNT or the United States? Obviously, for me, TNT. I think the new TNT. I think it's better. What do you guys think? Beautiful. I'll say I like the new TNT. Now that I finally see the completed title, it looks gorgeous. I hated, I hated the pre-finished, but mm-hmm. now that it's done and you see all the details, it's it's a really pretty title. Um, the new TNT, though, just because I... You know, we, we've already seen all the, I, I guess it's just a, you know, the, the shinier, newer one. Because, you know, we've already seen the way that WWE designs their belts, but I think AEW's belt design's a little bit more unique and, you know, a little bit more different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that a lo- one just a little bit more, but they're both, they're both good belts that I would rock at a house show and then flex on some nerd. <laughs> it's the only, <laughs> it's the only belt John Cena doesn't have, and I have Congratulations. it. Cool. Congratulations. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to the first episode and, and re-listening to it, because you'll, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Well, anyway, that's it with AEW, and we're going to go with this week's big question, and this week it comes from Billy Snyder. Billy, what's our question this week? Well, first of all, today's big question has a sponsor. Yes, it sponsored does. Sponsored by Irvin, Aaron Marvin. Aaron Marvin, Zeus Single Fargo is out now on literally every streaming place that you can think of. So you should go there and listen to it because it slaps. Um, but anyway, uh, well, it's the big question. Um, this week I, I just kind of wanted to pose to you. So we're in a really strange time, and I know that you hear that all the time in like the commercials and stuff like that. So you. But what do you guys think that COVID-era wrestling is really going to be remembered as? Like, if we're looking at five years from now, what? how are they going to – how are future people going to reflect on the COVID era in wrestling? I think, I think honestly, in five years, we're going to look back at COVID wrestling and really think, like, there were some creative ideas that we wish would have been expounded upon. Mm-hmm. I think – I think there are a lot of cool things. I think cinematic matches are something that should stay. I think a way that a lot of wrestlers now are kind of talking during their match to continue the stories there, I think that's something that needs to continue. Um, at the same time, there have been a lot of laziness in some areas. 
a lot of throwaway segments just because you know there's no fans. But overall, I think there's a lot of creative ideas that were forced to be thought of that I think have staying power, or we're going to wish had staying power. What I will remember, well, first of all, what I'll remember from the COVID era was the Bray Wyatt-John Cena match. That's what, when I look back years from now at the at COVID wrestling, I'll remember that match from WrestleMania because it blew away everything. And, yeah, I'll remember the cinematic matches, the crazy stuff that went on at Money in the Bank, too. But I think... I, I think we'll just remember what wrestling sounded like with no fans. I mean, it was just bizarre. It, it was like just watching like an exhibition. I think that's what people will remember. Billy, what do you think? I think that COVID-era wrestling is going to be reflected on as a, a as a time of trying to make lemonade out of all the lemons that you're given. And I, I think that the, the way that they did cinematic matches was super cool. Some ideas worked and some didn't. And it was really a time where wrestling was not afraid to try something new and try something different because they don't have the immediate feedback or people telling them to, you know, beat the traffic or anything like that. So it was a, it, 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 it's a time where while it's not ideal, it's a time where they can try new things and try things that haven't been done before. Mm-hmm. And some things may stick around, some things won't. For me personally, um, you know, when I talk about it, you know, whenever this does end, I'm all like, I'll be honest when at first I couldn't watch it because, you know, it wasn't, there was no escape from COVID. It was everywhere. And I could tell that something was wrong, but you know, after you start getting used to it, you realize they can really do a lot with, you know, the scraps are given. Mm-hmm. And uh, Neil, what will you remember from COVID wrestling era? Yeah, I think the thing that I'll remember is just the fact that we never lost wrestling it kept going we never got rid of it um and like all the other sports got canceled but wwe and aew kept going on every week and they kind of were like the uh guinea pigs for how are we going to do sports how are we going to do live tv without fans something that we rely on so heavily Mm -hmm. also i'll definitely will never forget WrestleMania this year. It mm-hmm. was so bizarre having WrestleMania out of the performance center. And I think uh WrestleMania at the performance center with no fans will be remembered a lot more than a few of the WrestleManias out of the last ten years, if I'm being honest. I mean if I'm if I'm just thinking I'll like I'll never forget that WrestleMania. Particularly the Cena-Wyatt match, I think that's what I'll remember the most. But good answer, good answers, guys. And uh, just, yeah, it's an interesting era in wrestling, and it's one that we might never see again. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah, I got it. Hope not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now it is time for the last shot. Now, this is where we get 30 seconds and basically get to talk about anything you want to in wrestling, whether it be a hot take. Well, basically, a hot take in wrestling. And who wants to go first? Me, this guy right here. All right, go, Billy. Go ahead. Seth Rollins went on and went on an interview on the Gorilla Position podcast and stated that wrestling fans are too impatient for long-term long-term storytelling. And friends, he is correct. I am seeing so many takes where, like, no, I don't get this when it's only been, like, a week or two weeks. 
And people don't let storylines breathe. And it's really tough. Like, I'm not going to say especially now because a lot of times wrestling fans have been impatient. Like, this is not new. But it's something that we have to realize as wrestling fans that you got to give storylines some time. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to get the, a payoff that could be big. I understand where they're coming from, especially in the WWE. Our fans have been burned a lot. But I think that we really need to start letting storylines breathe. I agree. I, I agree. Neil, you got one? Uh, I've been seeing a lot of hate on Twitter lately for about Kenny Omega. People think that, I don't know, people are just not liking Kenny Omega. And I just want to say I'm one of the biggest Kenny Omega fans out there. I think people think he's being wasted on AEW right now. Why does he have the tag team title belt? He's just mailing it in every week, but I don't think that's true. And I think kind of to piggyback off of uh, what Billy said, people aren't patient. You got to be patient for this Kenny Omega thing. He's the tag champ right now. He's been the tag champ since the Jericho cruise and he's been killing it. I cannot wait for, a year down the road when we got Kenny Omega in the main event title picture. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's a good take. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And do we have Dante? Dante, you there? Oh, okay, you are there. You got your uh, hot take? I do, I do. Mine concerns the women of AEW. Uh, I believe they need a chance, and they need an opportunity. They have an excellent women's division although we do not know who's in it. We don't get enough time to really develop these characters, to give them more matches, to give them more opportunities. We know they can talk. They get opportunities on VTE. We see it on AEW Dark. Let's get it more on Dynamite. There's too many women that are talented and can actually work real angles and storylines that can make real money in AEW for it not to happen. 100% agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I agree. And, And, hey, and they need a new uh, belt, maybe. Yeah. The thing is tiny. Yeah, it it's is. It's like a little bit bigger. I mean, I like, I it's like a nice what it looks belt, like. But I was just like, wow, is that, bigger. like, in 2020, is that even politically correct to have their belt be that small? It's literally it, it, comically tiny. It's like an old school thing. I, I, yeah, I'm it thinking, is. Honestly, because, but, uh, come on, like, do better. Yeah. All right, uh, my hot take is kind of a tacky one, but I think that NXT needs to declare the NXT's favorite band. Because WWE's favorite band used to be, what was it? Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. So I think that WWE needs to, or NXT needs to come out and formally announce that either Code Orange or Poppy is NXT's favorite band. Because it seems like either Code Orange or Poppy is always getting played on NXT. Or maybe it's Slipknot, because Slipknot is the NXT theme or whatever. But I think they need to come out and name NXT's favorite band. It is Iowa's own Slipknot, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, Billy. What's what's the best Slipknot album? Is it Iowa? Iowa. It is? Okay. Does anybody else have thoughts on that, or are we not big Slipknot people? Nah, not no. big Slipknot guy. I think Iowa's the only name of an album I could even come up with. Their, their new one, their new one's actually pretty good. It's a banger, but Iowa, always for me. Yeah. Dante, you do not know Slipknot that much? No. No, oh. no, I don't. Bring Limp Bizkit back, please. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the problem is is that Amen. when Fred Durst slipped off that camera, he ruined it for everybody. Yeah, that's now true. Now never come back. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that has been the episode of Ringsiders. Any, like, final thoughts for the week? 
That's all I got. Oh, uh, next, next weekend. Next weekend. weekend. It is, it is, and we're going to talk about it next weekend, uh, or next week. We're going to talk all about SummerSlam and NXT and get our predictions. But my name is Gabe, and this has been Ringsiders. Make sure to listen to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are. We probably are. That's Ringsiders with an S, not a Z. And we will see you next week. Peace.